This podcast has been sponsored by the 2018 champion, Matt Albright. Radio high five with the explosion. Now it's time for your one and only source for fantasy football news and analysis. Like WCW, this is where the big boys play. Scoop and your favorite hosts, Giuseppe. That's pretty terrible right there. And Turtle. Yeah, I'm going to take myself. I will never go against myself. With producer Tony. I will kill a man to improve my status. Y'all use your podcast as a forum to air grievances. It's already a shitty podcast, like 10 minutes into it. I would not listen to this. You're lacking professionalism on the microphone. Hey fellas, I love the podcast. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Scoop and Poop. I am your host Giuseppe and with me once again is Turtle. Turtle, I know that we had Thanksgiving had come and gone. You had ordered from a place. I would like the Turtle review of wherever you ordered your food from. Was it good, bad? What was the highlight? Um, Yeah, it was good. I, I mean, it was passable for like having food ordered. It's not like that. Uh, I, I don't know what you call it. You know, there was nothing nostalgic about it, and that's usually what Thanksgiving is. But it got them; it got the job done. Um, it was pretty basic. I, I hate Thanksgiving food for the most part. Like, I'll eat it, but yeah. My wife is in a similar situation. She doesn't really like turkey. Um, generally speaking, mashed potatoes she's not a huge fan of, especially if they've got too much cream because it like bothers her stomach. So it's like, all right, well, two staples are pretty much you know out the window. But thankfully. Um, what I made ended up turning out pretty good. I did a dry brine for the first time in my life. So I just, uh, I did that cause I don't have space for a wet brine anywhere and it's not cold enough to just leave that shit outside. Like I would if I was in Chicago. So what about you, Tony? Did you get to enjoy your mashed potatoes? I know that's the only time during the year that you get to eat them or they oh, choose yeah. to eat them. I should say. Oh yeah. I had two or three helpings of mashed potatoes and, uh, the the little turkey breast worked out well. Uh, it was it was like the perfect amount of turkey because there was also like a full ham that people ate too. So we didn't have too much leftovers. But uh, I I would call it a, a success. I got my fill of mashed potatoes and corn, and uh, only thing missing was football, which we'll get to. Yeah, so we we got a couple of uh, two out of three of the games for uh, and the two that we didn't want. Yeah, way. and the two worst ones of, of them all, unfortunately. The 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 actual I guess from a nostalgia standpoint, there there you have it. The bad Detroit Thanksgiving game and Dallas also playing. So that, that ended up happening. But we'll we'll take a look at the the recaps from the game. So the first matchup we have prime times rest in peace. I'm not saying rip because I know that it bothers Pee-wee. And he mentions it a lot on the the uh Bitter Mark's podcast that he thinks that it's disrespectful to use the abbreviation and that you need to say it, you know, completely. So I'm doing that against Turtles fucking savages. And Primetime gets the victory here. 81, 69. Turtle, um, your team, you know, tough, tough game, I guess, to, to say the least. I was expecting a lot more out of Russell Wilson in that game against Philly on on Monday night. What about you? 
Yeah, of course. But I mean, like, look at this again. Go look at all my opponents. 21 points out of his kicker. Dude, it's just stupid. That's strange bullshit, dude. That covers Russell Wilson, Mike Davis, um, and a receiver. Yeah. Out of his kicker. Yeah. Yeah, that's the strange bullshit right there. Uh, They always find a way. Always find a way to luck into a victory. Uh, You tried to do something sneaky. Uh, I think, uh, Giuseppe, I think you need to set the record straight on what he tried to do here. Yes. So, Turtle, I know you're, you've been in the league for a while now, but you're not an original member of the league. But the way that team quarterback works is that if a player is the designated quarterback for a team, all of his statistics go to that team's quarterback. So, in this case, it would be the Denver Broncos. Now, Kendall Hilton or Hinton, whatever his name is, is a wide receiver on the team but was designated as the starting quarterback. Therefore, he is not eligible to receive points in any way, shape, or form. RT Sports obviously can't make you know position changes or anything like that when something like this happens on a Friday or whatever it was. So they, they weren't even giving you points for him because of that, but they were giving you the negatives because any player could throw an interception or fumble at any given time. So I zeroed out your points from Hinton here but yeah that's the situation so it's not like a wide receiver who throws a touchdown pass on a like a Cole Beasley play or a running back who lines up in the wildcat no no no. if a player is designated as a quarterback he at that point becomes the quarterback for that team it would fall under (laughs) the Denver the team who owns the Denver Broncos quarterback it's similar to let's say your kicker gets hurt and they put a wide receiver in there to kick extra points and field goals like that receiver isn't getting those points. It's going to that team kicker. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. It's the, the, the ladder of the law. <laughs> Stupid. I appreciated the effort. I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, I, I know what he's trying well, to do. Yeah, in every other league, it worked. <laughs> I mean, it didn't work. I mean, it didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah, saved yeah. you four points. Yeah, do you want well, I actually yeah. did you a favor. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I, I mean, I'd rather lose the four and have it be the other way than to gain the four and have that not be how it works. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. That's what but that, it is. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. a team quarterback is, though. It, it it allows you to roster whomever that ends up being if they are designated for that position. Dang. So that's what yeah. happened there. Primetime, you know, he gets the win. Like you mentioned, twenty percent of his points came from his kicker, and you know, at that point, he you know he was obviously riding high. He had a good game out of Ryan Fitzpatrick, seventeen there. Calvin Ridley did all right with 14. Travis Kelsey did okay as well. Single digits across the board other than that. DK Metcalf had a monster game. He just didn't get in the end zone because Seattle only scored, I think, two touchdowns that entire game. Um, It was was an ugly game. I I barely watched it because I had no interest going into it. And Tony was watching more than me because of what we'll talk about when we get to the next game. But, yeah, congrats to Primetime, who moves into 8-4, and and Turtle. Welcome back to Lottery Contention. Next matchup, we've got Kowalski's Washington Cracka-Ass Crackers against Tony's COVID Mania. And this was a a relatively close game, a relatively high-scoring game. Kowalski pulls out the victory here, 101-93, to despite Tony's amazing Thanksgiving Day effort out of Antonio Gibson. 32 points. Unreal. So... 
let's just f- flash back to Thursday and uh you know he he had a very good first half. I think he had one touchdown at that point. And then he scored a second touchdown and then I'm I'm just happier than a pig and shit. You know, I'm getting a 20 point game out of out of my 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 running back who's kind of like the weakest spot on my team and then he houses one for his third touchdown. I jump off the couch. Uh, my dogs were very upset. I was screaming and jumping around. Uh, I was very, very happy. Uh, I think I had a 90 to 20 point lead or something like that going into Sunday night football where Kowalski had four players. He had the Green Bay Packers quarterback. He had Devontae Adams. He had the Packers defense and the Chicago Bears kicker. And the entire day, I'm I'm worried, right? <laughs> I was up 60, and I'm worried because I knew what was going to happen to the Bears. And that, that Sunday night game was one of the lowest points, not only of my fantasy career, but of my Bears fandom career because they were just getting shellacked. And, like, the team that I need to stop my opponent, my team, just came up empty. They couldn't do a goddamn thing. Aaron Rodgers, four touchdowns. One of them goes to Devontae Adams. And then the the real shitter is the uh, Mitch Trubisky fumble that they scoop and pooped for a touchdown. So, is it? I mean, it, I was just getting fucked on in all angles on Sunday night. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a rough go. It was a rough go. It's so funny. So obviously Thursday you 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 get off to that hot start with a player that you traded for from yeah. Kowalski. Yeah, it was so at a that very, point it, it was, was a like, very rare intra divisional trade. I traded him Cooper Cup. He gave me Antonio Gibson. It was a straight up deal. Uh he did not start Cooper Cup. Instead, he went with Cole Beasley, which turned out to be a great play because he stole one of my passing touchdowns. Um and yeah, the the trade work was working great for me at the, on Thursday, but uh, it didn't really help me in the end. Yeah, and Kowalski obviously gets the victory behind his Packers. I know you guys prior to the the game had thought that that was going to be low scoring and it wasn't going to be was, a lot. I was of... more wish it, will, willing it to in <laughs> existence, you know, but uh, yeah. it didn't work. Yeah, but that game was so bad. I actually watched the local Bears like post game show that's on Comcast Sportsnet. It's like Alex Brown. Um, Lance Briggs, Lance Briggs, Olin Krutz, yep. and Dave Wanstunt, and it was really—I mean, it was entertaining. Like I, I enjoyed it. I mean, they—they they also talked about how horrible of a performance and how it looked like the team gave up, and you could—you can tell that there was a lot of anger and and such. But the other thing I want to talk about real quick—a little nugget before we go on to the next matchup—I was texting Kowalski while you know some of these games were going on and stuff like that, and he actually told me that. He seriously considered playing Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers this week. Ugh. Why, why he, am I not lucky? Why, why did my luck never runs out <laughs> or never never catches up to me in this league? I swear to God. Um, I, 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 we should mention, I guess, the uh, I had one last shot. Uh, I had Justin Tucker. I needed 10 points to tie. He was in this heavily delayed uh Ravens Steelers game it happened earlier this afternoon and oh my god was that an ass whooping 
the score doesn't really reflect how bad Baltimore got their ass beat. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch a second of it because the game started around noon my time and I was very much working. So, And plus, I just had no desire to watch RG3 and a bunch of other guys who are playing because of COVID, you know, to try to do something against an undefeated team. So yep. I thought that was pretty yeah. lame. That's the first time I've skipped football on purpose. Like, just <laughs> like, no, I'm good. I don't want to watch. I this watched today. the first half, man, and like there was a couple opportunities for field goals, and fucking uh, Jim Mark, what, John Harbaugh, yeah, John Harbaugh, just just totally, he's letting RG three sling it for some goddamn reason. He's turning down points left and right. So I, I had a shot, but the the, the fucking head coach decided to uh, keep Justin Tucker on the bench. Yeah, I mean it happens. I mean it was it was a long a long uh, shot at that point anyway. When you have RG three starting, who I don't think it started in like three years or maybe even more than that. We couldn't try. I I couldn't figure it out off the top of my head. But uh, next matchup, we oh uh, sorry, I should recap that that puts both teams at eight and four. Kowalski's win streak continues. Next matchup, we've got Matt's sign Fuller against Pee Wee McLean's BDI is a coward and the. Pee Wee McLean train keeps on chugging along. They get the 84 or 83-74 victory here. Uh, huge, huge Thanksgiving contribution from Will Fuller V, who I thought, I thought was hurt, but it was uh, not him. And so I picked Brandon Cooks to be the breakout player. But if I would have known Will Fuller was healthy, I would have picked him. 26 points out of Will Fuller. Huge game. Then A.J. Brown... He had another one of those touchdown catches that like a, a normal wide receiver gets tackled, but because he's a very, very large individual, he, he gets a touchdown on that play. He got another 10, obviously, for McLaurin on thing. Great performance out of his kicker in defense. The special teams contributed 25 points because the problem there was his uh, some of the skill position guys didn't do anything. So you've got his quarterback and two starting running backs combining for seven points. Dude, that's unbelievable. Yeah. How do you win a game when you only get seven points out of your two running backs and your quarterback? That's that's very, very hard to do. And uh, I, I, Pee Wee McLean's win streak is probably more impressive than uh, Kowalski's. But, uh, I, yeah, man, uh, Matt had a good, good shot at it. Um, Allen Robinson almost got him there with 22 points. But uh, the J.D. McKissick train, I think, is uh, derailed because uh, <laughs> I think they like Antonio Gibson a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that uh, that that might be something that he he can he can swap out. I mean, Cam Akers had a, a pretty decent game. Lat Murray, surprisingly enough, had a, a monster performance. I mean, New Orleans. We should talk about that because we kind of talked about Hinton before. But yeah, Denver completed one pass on offense. <laughs> which is not surprising when you're playing a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback. So they were able, I mean, the, the first half was, a, I mean, the entire game was a snooze fest, but the first half, I think, Tony, what was the stat? They didn't get past the 50 yard line until the, the second quarter or something like that of that game. Yeah. It was something it was... ridiculous like that. Neither team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they weren't running, they weren't throwing the ball either, because they didn't need to. All they needed to do was run the ball in New Orleans, and that's what they did. Yeah, so that that was that that took care of things there. Yeah, Allen Robinson had a really nice game. Most of those are garbage time from Mitch. 
he could have actually had three TDs, and the the one that he didn't catch is the one that probably would have been the most important because at that point the Bears were very much in that game and potentially would have gave Mitch some confidence to carry him through the rest of the game. It was a catch that he absolutely should have had. I know it was a little bit of a difficult one, but Mitch put it in a spot where only he can come down with it, and he did not because the defender was able to kind of dislodge it. So Austin Eckler in his return, we we weren't sure if he was going to come back or not. Didn't do anything really on the ground, but he caught 11 fucking passes. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. I don't think if you add up all the catches that Joshua Kelly had from the week that Eckler went out to this week, he had 11 in total. So for whatever reason, Herbert turned to him in that game against Buffalo while they were getting killed, and it worked out well for Matt. You know, he obviously a welcome uh, person back. Wayne Gallman, uh, we talked about it before, but he's been really, really, really good, which makes me feel really, really, really good about Saquon Barkley next year because if this guy's doing it, <laughs> then <laughs> imagine what Barkley's going to do. But, yeah, unfortunately enough for Matt, the Pee Wee McLean train, choo-choo, moves to eight and four and takes over sole possession of first place in the division because in the next matchup, we had my bone zone defeating Mike Leitro's mask up bitches in what some might consider a relatively large upset in the league. (laughs) Good win. Good win. I mean, I I worked out. That's the FU game. (laughs) (laughs) It's the, I got nothing to play for. And, you know, you hope for the best type of game, right? So, yep, yep. Micah sent me a text congratulating me on a 100% mer. And then I told him that was pretty much almost the only outcome because (laughs) there was no way that Jared Goff was going to outscore the, um, Deshaun Watson. I guess the only difference was that maybe the Rams defense could have outscored the Texans. But other than that, those were literally my only two options because everybody else was was hurt <laughs> that on my lineup. But yeah, 107 points because I got 51 on Thanksgiving between uh, Deshaun Watson and the Texans defense because Detroit is is bad. I mean, they're they're real bad. Um, then beyond that, you know, Nick Chubb he had a really nice game. He he finally got some goal line carries and got himself a touchdown there. Mm, uh, let's see James White I picked him up literally on Sunday when I found out that Todd Gurley wasn't playing because and Kalen Balaj was inactive and Miles Gaskin was inactive and Saquon Barkley's in a, in a boot so I picked him up and he scored 14 and that was actually the difference if I would have picked up uh, some other random running back I would have lost the game and Mike would have won so Godwin got me 11 you know again Crowder didn't do much Pittman you know he had he had been on a nice little run and then that of course stops because I put him in my starting lineup for Mike Huge game out of the guy who I've been talking about for at least a couple of weeks now, Philip Rivers. No, 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 no. You don't get credit for the Jacoby Brissett rushing touchdowns, bro. No, 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 no. Well, he threw for 295 and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's fine. That's plenty good and better than all of the other guys who are available in free agency, which is what I said. But take 12 away because you're at 15, bro. <laughs> Nevertheless, I think that he is an excellent play, and it was a smart decision by Mike. He, I mean, ultimately, it didn't get him to win because Alvin Kamara, for the second week in a row, didn't do shit. He's hurt, but at least he, he's got to be hurt. He caught a pass. He's got to be fucking hurt, man. He, he's yeah, just been I, phased I out. I think so too. Yeah, he's got to be hurt. I mean, I know it was one of those games where you didn't need him, but at the same time, shit. That you got to get him more than that action, but yeah, that that four points, you know, obviously in a game that was real tasty matchup, as we saw what Lat Murray did. 
So that that really cost Mike a ton here. Mike Evans, he is he is like a, the the goal line back of wide receivers. Three catches, two touchdowns. It's not the first time this year where he's had basically a game where his only catches were touchdowns. So yeah, did he have a, like did he have a game where two catches, two yards, and two touchdowns? I think he had a game with that stat line earlier this season. The you probably are close to it i mean okay week one he had week week three he did yeah yeah two okay. two and two <laughs> week yeah. three two, two, two and two week three two yards two touchdowns <laughs> and week one he had one catch two yards one touchdown he is the Jerome bettis week, of wide receivers <laughs> yeah right it's the closest Jeez. thing you can think about it's like a jerome bettis type of situation like you get him inside the three it's going to mike evans because he has five touchdowns inside so the two yard line I've never seen a wide receiver be the goal line back ever in my life <laughs> <laughs> especially when you got Leonard Fournette who used to run over people in college. But yeah, uh, James Robinson, who I love very, very much. He had a, a fantastic game in, in which Jacksonville almost upset Cleveland with Mike Glennon starting at quarterback. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the hell is going on with the NFL. So um, I get the win here. Mike gets the loss and that drops him to second place in the division and on the outside looking in for the wild card. So he needs to go on a little bit of a run in order to get back into that spot. Next matchup. We've got, Santino's fantasy football team name against Worm's team Taylor. Worm Friedrich. What odds would I needed would I have needed to give you to put money on Worm being the highest scoring team this week? <laughs> Man, after after Thanksgiving, I would I would have bet a lot of money and lost <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean he got a, a garbage touchdown out of Stafford. Uh, towards the the end of that Detroit Houston game, but at one point he had what uh, both Marvin Jones and and uh, Stafford had combined for like ten points or something like that. So it was very very bad. Amari Cooper actually had a really nice game with with the return of uh, Andy Dalton there. So that kind of salvaged things on Thursday. But still, at the end of the day, he he had what like forty points out of three of his skill position players. You were feeling like Santino could get maybe all of that out of Patrick Mahomes. And he almost did. But the problem is all of those touchdowns went to Tyreek Hill. And by all of them, I mean all of them. Tyreek Hill, 13, 269, three touchdowns, 45 points. Man, that's 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 a Tyreek Hill game. Like, uh, I think we mentioned a couple weeks ago there haven't been many of them this year. But that one, man, uh, he was yeah, just... Yeah, you guys did the whole Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, yeah, Beetlejuice. Yeah, for sure, hit. man. You guys said he hasn't had a 20-point game, and that was literally before this 21, and then 26, and then 21, and then 45. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable what has happened since we mentioned. 35% of the completions from Patrick Mahomes went to Tyreek Hill. I mean, the guy, has he's definitely, within the last month, proven to be a bona fide number one wide receiver. So that that helped Worm a ton. You know, Santino got a great game out of Justin Jefferson. You know, no no slight there. I think the biggest uh, situation for Santino, he's a victim of circumstance when it comes to his wide receivers, right? He has, it's it's weird to say, but he has, I would say, five startable and six fringe wide receivers. And because of that, He's playing roulette, and some weeks he wins, some weeks he loses. Like, he had Landry in the lineup a few times who didn't do anything, and then he had 19 this week, right? Uh, DJ Moore, the week prior, I think, had put up big numbers, but this week he didn't. 
while Gronk the week prior didn't, but this week he did. I think that's the tough part. Like sometimes when you don't have those guys who are like that defined, you know, number one play every week, you, you run into a situation like this. He has a lot of great depth, which is fantastic, but sometimes it bites you in the ass. And, you know, he, he, he kind of played the wrong combination here. That coupled with the fact that uh, Leonard Fournette is is very, very hit and miss. You have no clue what you're getting out of him. I, I think, I don't know. What about you guys? I, I assume that we would get a little bit more when he went to Tampa, knowing that he was probably requested by Tom Brady. But he really hasn't been able to to really get the job from Ronald Jones. And there's a platoon, but he's the the second banana in that platoon. Uh, are you guys as surprised as I am when it comes to what's going on with Leonard Fournette there this season? No. I mean, I expected him to get about this, maybe, you know, 10 touches or whatever, but they said from the beginning, I mean, take coach speak for what it is, but they said from the beginning, Ronald Jones was their guy. So. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I ended know. up cutting Ronald Jones in one of my leagues or my other league because I was worried about Leonard Fournette and I, I, I was, I felt I mean, I cut him for James Robinson because at the time he was still like an unknown commodity. So, I, I mean, I ultimately made you the right decision. So bad, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> because it could have been a lot worse. But, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those situations where I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to be able to survive, especially since he had like fumble problems and he couldn't even really beat out the other guy uh, the year prior. What the hell was that guy's name? Oh my god, his name escapes me now. But there was another running back. He just fumbled at the beginning of like the last game, and then they just ran his fucking wheels yeah. off. Oh he literally God. fumbled like right away. I can't remember the other guy's name, but it doesn't matter, I guess, at this point. But yeah, so uh, big win for Worm here. He needs it because the, that division race is is very close. Santino, you know, he still had a very, very, very outside chance at winning the division, but now that that hope is is uh, vanished. So better luck next year, Santino. And then we move on to the final matchup. We've got. Micah's Legion of Zubas against the BDI's God Emperor, President D's Nuts. And when Micah comes on the podcast, he delivers 98 points. He gets a, a very large margin victory here. He wins by, you know, 38. He, he makes a smart move. He decides to bench Big Ben for Baker Mayfield, who gets some 17 versus the nine that Big Ben, because we all know that BDI, you know, is a, is a Steeler guy, right? And Micah would love more, not, nothing more than to use those Steelers against him. But he decided, you know, against his, you know, I guess he, he tried playing it safe and it worked out. He played DJ Debo Samuel over Juju and he outscored him by one point. I know it's not a huge margin, but again, he outscored him. And then the same thing at the quarterback position. So the conservative play ended up also being the high scoring play for him. He got eight out of Hawkinson on Thanksgiving. Uh, Derek Henry. <laughs> Damn. Dude, that, th- I feel like this guy does this every single season. Like, like the the stretch run up to the playoffs is when this guy just takes over the games. Yeah, absolutely. It seems as though for sure last year, like once November hit, he became like this unstoppable machine. And I thought, okay, well, he's doing it at the end of the year. This is kind of like maybe one of those like one off. But no, I mean, this guy, he's been an absolute monster this year. I mean, bar, you know, a couple of, of weak performances, and literally only a couple. He's been a double-digit consistent guy. He's put up volume when it comes to to rushes and yards. And more importantly, I think he's gotten a little bit more involved in the passing game. He's still not catching like, you know, fucking 
you know, eight, eight, nine balls a game, but you know, those two, three extra catches that he's getting versus the years prior, you know, they make the difference sometimes. And I mean, they took away one of the touchdowns as a passing touchdown in that game. But I mean, I, it looked like a, it was a fucking pass. Like, I, I don't know if you guys saw it, the, it wasn't one of those pitches by any means, but it, they gave it to him as a rushing touch instead of a receiving touchdown. So again, that skews the stats a little bit there, but yeah, he's definitely getting more involved there. You know, 98 points, big, big game there for BDI. I don't know, like the Antonio Brown thing. <laughs> like, I know we just talked about Tampa one time before. You know, he had a couple of nice games against Carolina and the Rams, and it looks like that he was going to be like more involved in things. But then we get to last week against the Chiefs, and it was definitely a throwing game, and he he wasn't really, you know, looked at. So I don't know. I feel like the Tampa situation if you have any of their passing options it's probably rough unless you've got mike evans because you know if they get inside the three yard line <laughs> yeah they're going, going to him. him um yeah would you would you call this game a skull fucking because uh <laughs> that's what micah said he was gonna do to bdi uh uh he definitely scared him into being the lowest scorer this week and uh it that that trend might continue as the the way that his team looks yeah, I mean, really, really low numbers here across the board. Miles Sanders, I mean, that Philly offense is just, it's garbage. Boston Scott got a lot more of a share than I was anticipating in that Seattle game. Um, Mike Williams is always going to be the second option. Actually, probably like third option, maybe even behind the Hunter Henry. Yeah, the tight end's number two there in that offense for sure. Yeah. So behind Hunter, if the ball goes past the line of scrimmage, if it doesn't, then we know it's going to go to Austin Eckler. So, you know, there's that Curtis Samuel is boom bust. He's kind of like a very, 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 very poor man's version of Tyreek Hill in terms of a guy who gets involved in both the running and the receiving game. So you, you can't really know what to expect there. I know he was shorthanded because of Adam Thielen getting the COVID who will probably be back, you know, the following week. But, you know, at this point, BDI at four and eight, he's pretty much done. So it really doesn't matter. So th- this kind of uh, knocked him out of contention there. And more importantly for turtle, because he, he lost a game that he probably could have won under normal circumstances. It keeps him at parity. So he hasn't lost any ground in that very, very crucial bet for next year. Uh, now we move on to the money players. <laughs> And at quarterback, we have Deshaun Watson and me. Straight cash, homie. It's two weeks in a row for Watson. He's won me three pots. So even though I made this trade, uh, I ended up getting 30 bucks for this year. In waiting for uh, Barkley for next year. But at running back, we have Derrick Henry and Micah. Straight cash, homie. Narrowly beating Tony by one point at the running back position over Antonio Gibson. You son of a bitch. And then Bob receiver. Say that again. You you cut out. Tyreek Hill and Worm at wide receiver. Straight With, cash. Uh, very, very wide margin there. And now we move on to the start of the week. Start of the week. And that's going to go, I mean, without saying, it's got to go to Tyreek Hill. I think he had a historical quarter in terms of his points. Not overall. I mean, it was a pretty good performance overall. I think there there's still a few guys who outscored him historically. There's like a Flipper Anderson game. There's a Jerry Rice game. The Jimmy Smith game might actually also be ahead of him. Um, but yeah, but in terms of like one specific quarter, 
Tyreek Hill had a historical game there, 45 points for Warren Big Victory. Now I move on to the dud of the week. Dud, dud, dud of the week. Uh, we're going to give it to Zeke. Uh, one point. They just played sucked. Like, I think probably his worst fantasy week in the history of his career, right? I doubt he's had a zero. <laughs> um, 10 carries for 32 yards, uh, one reception, and then a fumble lost. He's had, uh, f- what is it, one, two, four, five fumbles lost this year, which is an awful lot for a running back, especially over the course of just 12 weeks. Thankfully, it didn't cost Micah the game, but, you know, got to give it to, to him as the, the dud. Now we move on to the lucky bastard. One lucky bitch. And we're giving it to primetime. And just to, for the audience, these are done at our discretion based on criteria that we deem to be appropriate. So in this instance, we looked at the lowest scoring team to win a game. And in this instance, that's primetime. He Man, scored 81. Fucking primetime sucks. And so we gave it to him. Now, I understand that his margin of victory might have been wider than a Pee Wee McLean or whatever the case would be. But if that team plays primetime, he loses. So at that point, tiebreaker should go to that. So if you're wondering, that's the reason why. Congrats, primetime. It's never a bad thing to be lucky. Moving on to the world's worst fantasy owner. The worst fantasy football owner. Of the week. Which conversely is a very bad thing to, to be uh, declared. That goes to BDI. Just 60 points. In a relatively high scoring week, he puts up a, a low number. And it's, uh, you know, not, not the first time for the season, as we've uh, discussed. And uh, odds are that I know there's only a couple of weeks left, but it's probably not the last time either. So that is going to do it for our Week 12 Recap Fantasy Football Scoop. And poo. All right, show's over. I'm tired. Fantasy Podcast now available on iTunes. Also, email us at scoopandpoop at gmail.com. <laughs>